This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. KNC Masterpiece here on 105 Through the Fan. I'm Reginald Atatula in for uh, Kevin and Corey, both out this week. But, of course, Mike Bassick rolling alongside with me as well as you. Chris Strong on the ones and twos, but you rock with us, and we appreciate you doing so, making this uh, one of the, the best shows in the Metroplex, if I do say so myself. Uh, you can always get involved with the program and help make the show great by texting in to the truckwreck.com text line. That number is 877-881-1053. Again, 877-881-1053. You can also catch us on YouTube, 105 Through the Fan on YouTube if you want to find us there, and any other segment that's, uh, that happens, you can watch the live stream. But then also, Carter Freeman does a fantastic job clipping videos of various segments, and you can go through and watch those. Those are always great, including Masterpiece of the Week, which every once in a while, if I'm just not feeling great, I'll just go back and run maybe four or five Masterpieces of the Week. I'm feeling great at that point. Also, twitch.tv slash DallasFanCam, a great community of Twolos and uh, Yolos, I guess is what we're calling them, on the internet side of things. But appreciate you rock, rock with us. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thank you for making us a part of your day. This is uh, 105 Through the Fan, home of your Dallas Cowboys. And look, I don't think that there's very many people who would like your Dallas Cowboys to be in a Super Bowl more than the people that work at this station. It, look, <laughs> <laughs> is, there, is, is that a fair statement, Mike? Can you imagine the the heat that you'd get if the Cowboys actually made it? Let's just go one step backwards an nfc championship game buddy ratings are like booming the ratings are always higher during cowboy season that's right especially you know for sports talk radio and that's with the cowboys never doing anything they do make the playoffs i shouldn't say never do anything but and they win they win regular season games too they went at never really getting that heat that you get when you make it to a super bowl that's right and so if they made it to a super bowl my gosh, I don't know. I don't know the casual fan. I guess you're not, maybe not casual listening right now because a lot of people are still on vacation right now. Because yeah, of you're hardcore Tolo. We appreciate. Yeah, thank you. you. But like, can you imagine if the Cowboys made it to a Super Bowl? What the ratings would be like in the off season? What the ratings would be like the next? The ratings are already number one in the world when it comes to Cowboys games. It would even go up another ten to twenty percent. That's right. Right. I mean, we talk about the Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys Nation is having like apathy, and this is the way that Cowboys Nation shows up. And with that being the case, I, I say all that to say we're in this place now where after a couple of losses to some relatively good teams in the AFC, when we talk about the Dolphins and the Bills. Do you still believe in this Cowboys team as a Super Bowl contender? Because, look, as, as the year goes along, it feels like it's natural. We whittle that away. There's points in the season where we go, that team, the Kansas City Chiefs, for example, we naturally always give them a feeling of that's going to be a Super Bowl contender because they have the quarterback. They have, you know, some talented pieces. The defense was playing well. This, And, of course, yes, the head coach, um, a, a Hall of Famer in his own right. And now you look up and, you know, they they – 
are not playing well. Travis Kelsey is saying that their woes is not just one guy. They have a wide receiving core that do, that seems to make their quarterback uh, miserable I've at this point. I've said it's the worst in the NFL for two months now. And I don't and think people have been questioning me on that going, I'm like, dude, I watch this Kansas City Chiefs team. I'm not telling you I really want to watch the Pittsburgh Steelers play, so I don't know their whole wide receiver core. I don't know Kenny Pickett's not good at football. But it's horrible. Yeah. It is horrible. That's the reason. Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes is not having a great year. Patrick Mahomes has been dealing with, for 15 games now, incompetent NFL wide receivers. And he's they don't run the right routes. They drop the balls on him. They obviously have the most drops in the NFL. Uh, it's just you start losing confidence or trying to do too much because of the crap that's around you. And so that's why Kansas City is dealing with what they're dealing with this year. But back to our Dallas Cowboys. Right. All things considered, the Kansas City Chiefs are something. out of contention. I can't believe I'm saying this. The Cowboys hater, uh, according to my son. That's right. I still think the Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders. You can kill me. I'm being too optimistic. Well, I, don't kill don't kill Mike. I understand. Well, not step. literally. Yeah, that'd be a little bit too far. Is, I understand how bad they are on the road. Five losses. Three and five is a bad record on the road. And they're going to probably have to go on the road for three games to make it to the Super Bowl. But... I'm not saying the San Francisco 49ers are as bad as they were on uh, Christmas night. They're not. That's the worst game they've played all year in a big situation at home. They played horrible, led by Brock Purdy. But we just saw Brock Purdy under a lot of pressure throw four interceptions. Can the Cowboys create that pressure? Can Brock Purdy have a bad game in a big situation? Maybe he can. Maybe he's not ready to win an NFC championship game. And the Cowboys would have to get to that situation. They'd have to win two road games, and I'm assuming that they would play San Francisco in the third road game. Maybe they have to play them in the second road game. I don't know. But the Cowboys, to me, are still the second-best team in the NFC. And if I believe they're the second-best team in the NFC, and I could be wrong on that, and maybe not a lot of people are with me on this. I can't believe I'm doing this as a Cowboys hater. But I still think they're a Super Bowl contender. And I know they got destroyed by Buffalo. That's a bad matchup. San Francisco's a bad matchup. Baltimore's probably a bad matchup. There's, they're a track meet team, and so if a team is is built to bully them, there it's a bad matchup for the Cowboys because they don't want to play bully ball. They're scared to death of it, and they quit. In the third quarter, they've consistently quit against bully ball. They quit against Buffalo. They quit against San Francisco. I'm not saying they would have won, but they're so demoralized and so physically and mentally beat by the physicality of the other team. They're just like, we quit. We don't want to play this game. This game stinks. But I still think, in a weird way, I still think they're one of the five best teams in the NFL. And if I think they're one of the five best teams in the NFL, that gives them a chance to win it all. I don't think you're wrong. From the 469, Mike is still high from Colorado. No, no, no. Mike, Mike I went is. to Utah. I don't know if you can get high in Utah or not. That's a great question. Uh, Chris, can you I do didn't some. Get, I didn't do drugs in Utah, so. That we know of. I'll do some searching on that. I don't think it's legal. Okay, very good. Thank you for asking. Uh, for, for for following up I on that, I did smell weed being around the. Slopes. Oh, so we're de- we're just dealing with the contact high. That's no biggie, yeah. But uh, I I understand. I understand. I'm probably going to be in the minority in this situation. I'm not saying I love these Dallas Cowboys. These Dallas Cowboys are great. These Dallas Cowboys should make the Super Bowl. But I think they're better than Philadelphia. I sure. think they're better than Detroit, and we're going to find out Saturday night if they're better than Detroit. I don't think they're better than San Francisco. Tampa's starting to worry me, and we'll get into that in the next segment. But 
I think the Cowboys can make it to a Super Bowl. But I will say this. Hey, probably Trent Williams needs to stay hurt. Uh, Brock Purdy needs to go into a slump. Like, if Trent Williams is completely healthy, Brock Purdy is playing at a high level. No, they can't beat San Francisco. But you know what? San Francisco maybe isn't going to be healthy for the playoffs. And Brock Purdy might just be a second-year, seventh-round uh, quarterback when we get to the playoffs. I know he beat you last year, so it's tough to be like, yeah, he can't beat you. He already beat you in the playoffs. But mm-hmm. I'm trying to be optimistic on this, and I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe you're like me. The Rangers did not play well in September. The Rangers were thinking about calling up Wyatt Lankford, who had about 45 minor league games under his belt because the offense was struggling in the month of September. They lost, if I have the the number right, they lost by over 30 runs in a three-game series to the Houston Astros in early September, the 4th, 5th, and 6th. And then they beat the Houston Astros all four games on the road. So maybe, just maybe, I am way too optimistic on the Dallas Cowboys because of what the Texas Rangers did, and it's a totally different sport and a totally different team. But the Rangers, I think, surprised everybody in Major League Baseball that they were good enough to win the World Series. And the Cowboys are good, and maybe they just are good enough, and they draw the right matchups, and they get hot at the right time. Micah Parsons is arguably the best defensive player in the NFL. Dak Prescott, I know he's fallen out of favor in the MVP voting, but maybe this year in the NFC, he's the best quarterback in the NFC. And if that happens, if he's the best quarterback, if he's better than Jalen Hurts, he's better than Jared Goff, he's better than Brock Purdy, he's better than Baker Mayfield, then maybe you can still make it. Now, I think you speaking to, you know, the idea of the way the Dak has played this season, but more importantly, Michael Parsons, I think one of, when you talk about Super Bowl contending as well, one of the things that comes to mind for me is, do you have some elite portions of your team, some elite as- aspects of your team that you can lean on in those big moments? And the Cowboys do have those. The problem for me is consistency. It's been their problem the last couple of years in the postseason. It's like, this is a team that's capable of doing certain things, and then you get to a certain year and like, okay, they're not they're not living up to that that potential. This year has the most level of potential. Like, we've seen the ways in which they have the potential to take the ball away. They have the potential to heat up damn near any quarterback rushing the passer, right? Uh, there are some very clear uh, weaknesses, right? We talk about run stopping, particularly without Jonathan Hankins. Get well soon. Like, very soon, Big Bang Hank. Very, very soon, right? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, running the football has not been very good for them. It's been average, as we discussed earlier this year. But if they can play into a place where they lean into those, they can lean into those strengths, and if they're operating at full strength on those strengths, they can absolutely be a Super Bowl contender. And I think this leans to the idea of, um, you know, the defense or the offense putting this team in circumstances where they can play from play from ahead. And I mean that we've seen in instances where play action and motion before the before the play goes away and you see the offense going away. It's like, all right, so how about we continue to do these? How about we continue to do the things that scheme open and, you know, create good looks for your quarterback and for your wide receivers, particularly your best wide receiver, and keeps those things going. It seems All like right. so, uh, there's a lot of things that are within their control that they can do to make sure that they are giving themselves an opportunity. And if they do those things with a little bit of luck, which I think is necessary in any sport, I think that they they do have an opportunity to contend. How's the text line going? Because I'm going to be honest, Twitch is not responding. Um. Okay. So we've got we've got some people that are with you from the six eight two. Mike is right. This is the team is still contenders. Just got it. Going to take smart football. Two of the four losses came from the Cowboys beating themselves. Clean up the act. 
you can win the Super Bowl, right? Um, Here's and, one that just came in from Buck E's on Twitch. It says, I think the Rangers World Series run is giving me too much hope as well. Yeah, and look, that's possible. Because, But the problem is, well, I don't even know this is a problem. Is the hope a bad thing? Because I, I could see the argument in either way. Um, but well, I think it, it for hurts, the Cowboys fan, yeah. It hurts more when you hope. Yes. And that's the thing, is that we protect ourselves from being hurt. Let me be honest here. That's why I'm not as big of a Cowboy fan as I used to be. Right. I'm tired of being optimistic uh, in this and really believing in this team. So now if they do lose, everything that I said, if the Cowboys lose to Tampa in the first round, so what? Like, to me, it doesn't it doesn't hurt me anymore. Right? But I will say this. If the Cowboys make it to a Super Bowl, it won't be the same for me as it will for you. If you're sticking with the Cowboys and have stuck with the Cowboys and they are your team, do or die, and they're your favorite team, man, God bless you, and you are going to feel such a high the way that I felt a high on the Texas Rangers just a month or so ago. But it doesn't hurt me as much, so I've decided to take away the pain of the Dallas Cowboys. But I do know this. If they do surprise everybody or most people, and make it to a Super Bowl now after losing these last two games the way they've lost, man, your high is going to be so high if you're if you're still on the, the Cowboys bandwagon that way. A um, lot of texts coming in. We appreciate you getting us on the text line from 682. If they get half of the holding calls they should against Parsons, they can win the Super Bowl. Okay, we can go there as well. Um, let me see. There was, there was something else that I found really interesting. Someone made it as simple as this is a really good team with a really good point differential, 165, uh, plus 165, that is. Yes, of course, they're a Super Bowl contender. Um, But there was one that was talking about how the Super Bowl is not entirely about being the best team, but, like, playing the best at the right time. Similarly to, we talk about it with uh, the postseason in MLB, which team is hot, which team is playing their best baseball in that time. And the thing is, is injuries play a major factor in all sports. Right. And if Trent Williams is out, it looks like, the 49ers are very vulnerable. It's a weird thing, but Trent Williams being out, they don't seem to be able to overcome. And I know he had an MRI. I'm sorry I didn't see the results of the MRI. It must have not been too bad because I'd be hearing that he was out for the rest of the regular season. But it sounds like Trent Williams is probably um, less than likely to play this week. And if Trent Williams isn't able to play in the playoffs, that changes everything if you're playing San Francisco. Yeah. And so, look, in a weird way, look, I know that the whole thing has happened, you know, the the whole injury thing, it's really weird how people can take clips of things and then take them 100% seriously. But look, if the 49ers are less than 100% health-wise and the Cowboys are close to 100% health-wise, I know they're not getting back Diggs. I know they're not getting back Van Der Esch. But if Tyron Smith is healthy, if Zach Martin is healthy, if Dak and his receiving core is healthy, if the Cowboys who get Jonathan Hankins back and he becomes healthy, yeah. we saw this happen with the Texas Rangers. If you get healthy at the right time, maybe you ride momentum further than you thought. And the other thing, too, is maybe the other team gets hurt. And the other team being hurt at the right time can help you out. I'm not praying for it. I'm not hoping for it. But the Cowboys might need a little bit of help that the San Francisco 49ers deal with some major injuries down the stretch here or in the playoffs to help them against a team that is better than them. They cannot beat them 100% versus 100%. The Cowboys cannot beat San Francisco. They will bully them to death, and the Cowboys will quit. We've seen it happen not only this year, but the year before. Uh, and the year before that, we've seen it against Buffalo. If you bully this team, they will quit. They want a track meet. 
and the Cowboys know it in their hearts, they want a track meet. And they just have to create the track meet game against San Francisco. Can they do it? Maybe if they're dealing with an injured Trent Williams, maybe they can create San Francisco into a track meet team. Well, the next step in trying to prove that they are indeed a Super Bowl contender and have that opportunity, start working towards playing their best football at this time of year is versus the Detroit Lions. It'll be 7-15 on ABC. So, you know, you might need to get that ESPN app fired up. Thanks a lot, Tegna. But that'll be Saturday, and you can hear that right here on 105.3 The Fan. It's the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's time for the Expressway, where Mike will ask all the questions. We'll get a little Mike Likes It. We'll do all of that next on The Fan. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Modelo. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medella, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's Lunch Rush as part of the Expressway on the KNC Masterpiece here on 105 through the fan. Reginald Atatula in for Kevin and Corey. Mike Bassett here as always, being his smiley with his smiley, sunny disposition. Um, Chris Strong in the ones and twos, and you rocking with us. We thank you for doing that. Uh, a few things to let you know. Unless you did you did you have something you want to say? No, there? no, no. I'm ready to just okay. ask football questions. Yeah, I was like, you, you seem like you're ready to go, and I was like, all right. Let I me feel bad. Sometimes I give prep to Kevin and Corey uh-huh. on a few questions I'm going to ask because I'll it. ask kind of ranking something. But you're just going to have to go off the top of your head on some of these. No problem. And I will I will do my best. And if I don't do good enough, that's fine. Um, but one thing that uh, is going to be very good is that uh, on Friday, uh, I will get to get involved with the Buffalo Wild Wings uh, activities oh, as yeah. you and me, Mike, will be at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Burleson on yes. Friday. It's uh, 12832 South Freeway um, in Burleson. Say so that again. 12832 South Freeway in Burleson. Okay, this is what I usually do because I'm glad you gave the address twice. On Friday morning, right before we go to the Buffalo Wild Wings we're going to, I usually type into my MapQuest or whatever. MapQuest. Who's still using MapQuest? Whatever it map is. Quest? Maps on my, on what my phone. What is that? I don't I love know. I think Have you ever heard of MapQuest? Never heard of it. Oh, okay. my goodness. Is I just type in Buffalo Wild Wings and then the city we're supposed to be going to. And then to. you print and it out. You, no, it, you, it usually you gives me. wait 15 minutes. <laughs> It and then you see if it forgot any address. other directions. I can't remember which one I went to last that it wasn't pulling up. Uh, it was the one near Texas Motor Speedway. Argyle. 
So uh, I got Argyle, maybe? No, okay. it was, well, whatever it was. It was near Texas Motor Speedway that I kind of had to do a little bit more than just type in Buffalo Wild Wings uh, and the city that we're supposed to be going to. But I'm sure Burleson, it'll pull up. Buffalo Wild Wings and Burleson, it'll pull up. And, of course, you'll- It's a blast out there. I will say, during the four to six minutes of break that we get during commercial break, it's a little bit tough because there's so many great Tolos out there that we're usually having great conversations. And then whoever's in our ear hole will have to tell us, hey, 30 seconds and we're going back on the air. Can you stop having personal conversations and then get back to the show? So that's the only thing is you don't really have kind of that prep time right. in between segments. You are having fun conversations with new friends and new listeners and old listeners, and you go right back on the air going, all right, hopefully we got all this straight because we're right. going on the air. There you go. And you definitely want to make it to Burleson on Friday because we will have Cowboys-Lions tickets that are courtesy of Miller Lite. For and Saturday course, night. For Saturday night. And don't forget. Jimmy. There you go. Jimmy Johnson goes into the Cowboys Ring of Honor as well. So, so awesome. He's so I, for me, I didn't grow up really in the Tom Landry era or the Roger Staubach area era. I was born in 77, so I fall in love with the Cowboys in 1986 when my Uncle Joe told me, if you root for another team again, you're never going to another Cowboy game because I rooted for the Chicago Bears because I loved Walter Payton in 1986. And dare. they won like 44-3 to that game, not the Cowboys. They uh-huh. got destroyed under the – probably Gary Hogaboom or Steve Palluer as the quarterback at that point. <laughs> uh, and so I learned right then uh. there is no liking other teams or at least liking them over the Cowboys. That being said, look at where I'm at at 46 as I have like a Trevor Lawrence jersey and stuff that's like a, that. But that's A real when, lesson in parenting. That's man. when I fell in love with the Cowboys. That's when Jimmy Johnson came in. I was excited about that. To be honest, the Bassick family was excited about that. The Bassick family, grandfather, uncles, dad, they all felt like it was time for Tom Landry to go. They were not upset with Jimmy Johnson coming in. So we were one of the few families and one of the few season ticket holders that was excited about getting the Miami uh, head coach. And now you get to see that to completion as Saturday Jimmy Johnson goes into the Cowboys ring of honor. Um, Okay, I've taken enough of your time. It's time. For you to ask all the football questions. First football question, this has to deal with NFL wide receivers. Okay. I said this yesterday. I am now ranking C.D. Lamb as the third best receiver in the NFL. Only ahead of him are Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson. Where is C.D. Lamb as we come to a close of the 2023 season? Where is he on your list of top wide receivers in the NFL? Okay, so he's you're right about uh, having a level of preparedness on this. Okay, so he's definitely top 10. I, I feel fairly confident saying Remember that. what Richard Sherman said early in the year about him? Like he's not even like a number one receiver on a team? Which I'm sure CD didn't remember at all. No, of course, that mattered a lot. I thought that was crazy because I thought he was borderline top 10 coming into this year. I thought he was inside the top 10, but barely, like right at 9 and 10. I have him now all the way up to 3. Okay, so let me think about the guys who would show up at the very top. Obviously, all right, Tyreek Hill is going to show up at the top. Um, Justin Jefferson Those is going to show up. Those are the two I have still ranked higher than him. Um, at the top. Stephon Diggs, not quite the same in that way. Uh, let's see. A.J. Brown. AJ, Mike Evans. A.J. Brown. Mike Evans hasn't been quite the same, although he's been fairly good this year. Um, let me look at actually who's leading and receiving because I feel yeah. like I'm also Jamar Chase is a great forgetting. wide receiver that obviously with Joe Burrow being out has has hurt him. He's right. had a few injuries, but I do love him. 
I have AJ Brown four and Jamar Chase five. Now I've done research on this. This is where it wasn't fair for you. I kind of was looking at receivers. Keenan Allen, Amari's up there. No, I I think I think you're fair to put him in that place. And Cooper Cup coming back from major injury just a few years ago. He was probably number one, winning the triple crown in NFL wide receiving for yards, catches, and touchdowns. But he hasn't come back and been the same. He's still really good. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of really good wide receivers. But I think. We can look at this now. It's going to cost a lot of money, but you can look at CD Lamb and go, dude, he's in the top five easily wide receivers. He, I feel comfortable I have doing him at the top three. five. Yeah, I'm. I'm like I top five tough, is easy. I think for it's me. tough to take him out of the top five. Yeah, I'm. Okay. I'm there for you. And someone from two and four personally says CD is better than Justin Jefferson. What about Devontae Adams? It's tough because of the circumstance situation. that he's in. It was like when I I won't compare it completely to this. But when Randy Moss went to the Oakland Raiders, yeah, he fell off the face of the earth as a wide receiver. And you're like, dude, I can't believe he's not good anymore. And he hasn't even played 10 years in the NFL. And then the New England Patriots traded a fourth good round God, pick. That 07 year and was insane. he went back to being the best wide receiver in the NFL. So maybe if Devontae Adams gets into a better situation next year, Devontae Adams elevates himself back into top five wide sure. receiver in the NFL. So I totally get his talent. And they might because they knew, they need to do some yeah. re- refiguring of what exactly that offense particularly is. Even if they keep Antonio yeah. Pierce, the offense needs to change. And I wonder if they use someone like uh, Devontae Adams to kind of ship him out and figure out uh, some better situations for the offense. Um, just before we go, I just wanted to, yeah, yeah. I wanted to get this in. Um, you mentioned Randy Moss going to New England. He did make Tom Brady the best of we he the best uh, version yeah. of the quarterback that he's ever. Yeah, because he had him and Wes Welker it's and crazy. Gronk was on the team in 07 too, I believe. So I mean, he had and I think Aaron Hernandez might have still been on the team at that point. So he had two major tight ends, two major, obviously one of the five greatest wide receivers of all time, and Randy Moss. That's right. Uh, Top two. So I understand. I'm not gonna. That, that's not gonna be my <laughs> next football question. I okay. I'm gonna go away from the Dallas Cowboys here and go to the AFC. Okay. Is Kansas City a bad offensive team? Now, before you answer that question, yes or no, and then expand on it. Okay. They had 14 points last week against the Raiders. They won and had 27 against the Patriots. Horrible team. They had 17 against the Bills. They had 19 in a loss to the Packers. They had 31 in a win against the Raiders, who are horrible. And then they had 17... Uh, the week before, I'm going way back against the Eagles where they lost 21 to 17. They are averaging about, if I put that in my head, they're averaging about 19 points a game over the last six or seven games. That's a bad offensive team. So now I ask the question, how bad are they? Okay, this is tough because my initial reaction was yes, like right this moment. And the reason why I go there is the, I mean, this the, the clear line of demarcation here is when they traded Tyreek Hill. And the thought process as a the organization or the organizing thought process as a uh, as a uh, front office was Patrick Mahomes as long as you protect him it doesn't matter as much who he's throwing to because Patrick Mahomes with time cuz we saw that Super Bowl where he didn't have time, right? But Patrick Mahomes with time is enough offensively. And they they invested in offensive line and the, the immediate year after they won a Super Bowl but this year, they've gone too far on the – it doesn't matter who he's throwing to. Like, you have an organization or a, a group, a wide receiving core, that is just not nearly yeah. good enough. They don't have the right skill sets in mm-hmm. order to get it done. And more importantly, like, the mental capacity uh, for for football um, is not at the right place to run the offense that Mike – or it's not Mike McCarthy, goodness gracious, Andy Reid 
once. There's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of needing to they know. They put a lot of hope into Sky Moore, and he's not even an yes. NFL receiver. Yeah. I hate saying that. A lot of people believed in him out of college and thought he could kind of be a poor man's Tyreek Hill. He's just poor. <laughs> uh, I mean, even Kadarius Tony, who was like, all right, this is a dude with talent, but the, the mental side of things make it tough for him. and He makes mistakes oftentimes. And so I think all of those things make it tough on top of something that's not talked about as much is as the season's gone along, that offensive line hasn't even played up to the standard that you want it. And so those things paired together leave you with just Patrick Mahomes trying to make things happen and Ty, uh, sorry, um, Travis Kelsey, who is getting older, getting older, 34, quite as it's kept, and um, is not as much of a like focus when it comes to an offense. And so the defense oh, is pretty meant, good. Like, focus because he's dealing with oh, no, swifty stuff. I'm not. I'm not leaning to that. But just like he's not. He's not as much of a focal point in the offense. He can make some things shake. Don't get me wrong. And so I think that that's put them in a in a tough place. Now, if that offensive line is playing better, and maybe they need a single piece that's like, hey, this is a quality route runner that we can depend on um, in structure then maybe that gets a little bit better. But right now, as currently constituted, it's a bad offense, unfortunately. Yeah, and I, I do hate saying this. I'm going to expand on this. Mm-hmm. I do think the Taylor Swift thing hurts the Kansas City Chiefs. Interesting. I All of a sudden, TMZ, you name it. You know, all the all the tabloid magazines, the media coverage of them has gone through the roof because of Taylor Swift. I get, like, they were winning Super Bowls before Taylor Swift and all that, but... They have now become covered differently than any team in the NFL because of Taylor Swift. And I'm not blaming Taylor Swift. I'm not blaming Travis Kelsey. But you have to understand, when you date the most famous, arguably the most famous woman in the world, and she's going to your games, and I'm not blaming her. It's not her fault. But all of a sudden, things are different. Things are different around your locker room. Things are different with security. Things are different. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just... I'm not blaming Taylor Swift. I want to make that clear. But I do think that it is a distraction that I bet behind closed doors, I bet Andy Reid is is like, I wish we weren't dealing with this distraction, especially that we're struggling so much now. Okay. Okay. Next football question. And this one we'll probably be talking about for the next two to three weeks. How good is Tampa Bay? They've won four in a row. Now, the first win in this winning streak wasn't impressive at all. It was 21-18 to 18 against the worst team in the NFL, the Carolina Panthers. Then they went to the Falcons in a very big game and won 29-25. to 25. Then they went to Green Bay and won 34-20. to 20. Then they played Jacksonville, and they are struggling tremendously, and that'll be my next question in a minute or two. But then they won 30-12 to 12 at home against Jacksonville. They have home against the Saints, huge game where they're favored by three or three and a half. Then at the worst team in the NFL, the Carolina Panthers. So I asked this question because I think this is a very Cowboy-centric question. Yeah. How good is Tampa Bay? I think they're dangerous. And I think you know what I mean when I say that. Like, I don't think that they're a great team, but I think that they have enough to be dangerous uh, when it comes to particularly offensively. Baker Mayfield has given you a very good year. And, I mean, as much as if he's if he's able to keep it clean, right, he's played very good football the defense, um, solid, I guess, and so those two things make it put it put them in a place where, if they're having a good game out of Baker, they can they can really contend with a lot of different teams beat and be dangerous. I don't view them as like a patently flat out very good football team, 
But that's a dangerous football team. And I, I, I say all this understanding. Like, I have not watched them a ton. That's right, one of the blind right. spots in the league because everybody's going to have their blind spots. One of my blind spots. But one thing I do know for certain is that that's a team that's solid and in the right circumstances, they're one that can pick off a majority of the teams in the league. So here's my next question. Uh, and it might not be a great question right now and probably we'll learn a lot more if it's Tampa, if Dallas is going to Tampa again in the first round. Do you feel like Baker Mayfield is better right now than Tom Brady was at this point last year? Do they have a better quarterback? <laughs> so if they do make the playoffs and that is the matchup for the Cowboys, and I, I'm maybe asking this question a week or two too early, but that's what I do, is I'm going to answer the question and then throw it to you. Okay. I think Baker Mayfield today is a better quarterback than Tom Brady was in week 17 of last year. I agree with you, especially because at the end, Tom Brady, you could tell he was doing a lot of self-preservation. And that, that wasn't really the way that you could operate that offense, right? You were you had to allow some things to develop. And I think Baker Mayfield is more in that place. Did you realize Baker Mayfield's only 28? I mean, um, he's the same draft as Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, who we had a conversation about earlier in the MVP situation. I feel like we speed, we speed ran a veteran quarterback uh, when it comes to Baker Mayfield. And I guess 28 is not like particularly young necessarily. Right, you're, but. You're, probably, you're hitting your prime. I, I believe a, an NFL quarterback's prime is, is 28 to 33 because and it's you still a have bit pretty now, good but, yeah. athleticism. You might have lost a hair of your athleticism. You haven't been beat up too much, and you understand so much. You've played in so many NFL football games now. You understand a lot of the tricks of the defense. You've, you've played against different defensive guys. You understand uh, cornerbacks because you've played against them. You have a better understanding of the scouting reports of individual players and what they struggle with, what your guys can do well. So I do think right now, in a weird way, Baker Mayfield is hitting his prime, and he looks like he's an average NFL starting quarterback. Absolutely. I mean, not turning the ball over as well. I mean, he's been very good. Uh, He's looked somewhat similar to what you saw when he stepped in immediately for the Rams last year. Like, he's just... I think he's figured some things out for himself, and they're, he's in a good situation. I think that, yeah, I do believe that he's better than okay. Tom Brady. Tom Brady was, in fact, washed at that point. Yeah. Now, of course, we tried to call it for about three, four, five years. But, no, this is definitely a better quarterback than what you saw from yeah, Tom Brady. Yeah, it's interesting because all of a sudden that easy going to win by 10 to 30 points against the NFC South in the playoffs doesn't look as easy as we sit today for sure. the Cowboys playing the NFC South champion. So, look, Tampa Bay, that this whole discussion, it could all change if they lose to New Orleans this weekend. But if they beat New Orleans, they win the division. Um, yeah, New Orleans seems so deeply and serious yeah. that that's probably and, a win for Tampa. Okay, so – Tampa just destroyed Jacksonville Jaguars 30 to 12. Don't sound so sad. The Jaguars were eight and three. We had a conversation four weeks ago. Kevin asked me this question, Mike, do you think it's realistic that Jacksonville can be the number one seed in the AFC? And you know what I said? Yes, I think it's realistic. And I looked at the schedule. And they you were playing them immediately. They were playing the Bengals without Joe Burrow. Then they were playing Cleveland without a starting quarterback, Joe Flacco. And then they were playing Baltimore, which I said is going to be a very tough game. And then they were playing Tampa, which I thought was going to be a very winnable game. And they have left Carolina and Tennessee. So those aren't very tough matchups. Tennessee's maybe a little bit better than I thought. Um, 
what in the world has happened to the Jacksonville Jaguars? Well, one of the things is this season, this they were carried more by their defense. And it's the okay. same defensive players that they had last year that it just seemed like, okay, they've advanced in their development, this defense. And so the offense was kind of just get you along. It, was tre- it wasn't it was Trevor Lawrence as dude that we saw with Clemson. It was Trevor Lawrence as really, you know, re- reined in kind of quarterback. And what we've They seen- have a lot of mistakes. If you yeah. watch them play – they have a lot of mental mistakes, sometimes by Trevor Lawrence, yeah. sometimes by their wide receivers, yep. sometimes by their offensive line. And you're like, you shouldn't have this many mental mistakes this late in the year where you don't know your assignments. And I think that that's some of it. Also, that defense has, I guess, regressed uh, in a way because maybe it was just a little bit of fool's gold early in the season when they were playing like one of the best defenses in the league. And that they've just kind of come back down. And so I think that whole team has come back down to a certain place. And the offense now is in a place where they were not carrying as much of the load. Hey, now you guys have got to put in more. And they are not equipped to go to that place. And also now you have uh, Trevor Lawrence just sustaining injuries consistently. And I think all those things come together and put them in a bad place, at least as far as I can tell. Okay, so. And Christian Kirk got hurt, yes. Next football question. Yeah, that didn't help. Christian <laughs> Kirk. Um even though he wasn't having a great year, he's still a solid number two receiver. All right, so I go to Tankathon. Here is the NFL draft as it stands with two games left to play. Okay. Number one pick is the Chicago Bears. Number two pick is the Arizona Cardinals. Now this is where my questions come in. Number three is Washington. Number four is New England. And number five is the Giants. So number three and number five are in your division. Who takes a quarterback or will they trade up? Like, what do you think Washington and New York, if you had to decide right now what they do, what do you think Washington at three and New York at five try to do? Well, Washington's in the in the market for a quarterback, right? They don't have one that is one of the future. It seems like the organization is in a place where it's a changing point anyways. So why not pair a new coach with a new quarterback and here you go. You're off to the races for the for you know the duration of that rookie quarterback's deal, right? You've got three seasons, I guess, thereabouts to figure out is this quarterback good, is this coach good. So that seems like a given. Um, the Giants is one that I'm interested in because they obviously signed that big deal with Daniel Jones. We understand that he you know he was hurt, but he's been there, and I wonder how much that you know they're tied to him being there, and if I don't even know can they get off of that deal if they wanted to, right? Um, now, is that going to stop them if they go, this is not good enough? I'm not sure, but I imagine that with uh, with Daniel Jones being injured that maybe they try and run it back in some way or shape or form. I'm not sure that they take a quarterback, but I am certain. I feel deep within my bones that you you pair your new coach with a new quarterback um, for the Washington Commandos, and that's an organization that has kind of, in theory, shed the last, uh, you know, the last, you know, regimes, all that gunk from the Dan Snyder era, and if they have some level of competence within them, that's a team that I imagine you are a little, you can be a little scared of. Okay, so in this mock draft, it has the Bears taking Caleb Williams number one. I asked this question. Do you think the Bears take Caleb Williams? I Yes. You don't think they trade out of it? <sighs> no. I think that the, the time with um, Justin Fields and the Bears, right. I think the mut- I, I like mutually they need to agree. I would part. agree. I yeah. agree with your answer. Now, I ask you. What do you think Justin Fields gets on the open market? Because if they take Caleb Williams, they're trading Justin Fields. They're not going to bring them both to camp. So Justin right. Fields gets you what in the open market? I'm awful with quarterback or with uh, trade valuations. Um, I, th- I think he gets you 
I don't know. I don't know exactly what what I would look for in trade compensation. Okay. But I, I think that he he gets you a good a decent return, not like an incredible return, but I think he's a decent return because he could. I think he's capable of being a team starting quarterback. And the team that I keep thinking about is Atlanta. Uh, I know I'm running out of time here, but number two is Marvin Harrison Jr. to Arizona. Do you think that's the right pick for Arizona? Um, I think it could be. I think that Kyler's played in such a way. I have a question of to like if if that organization is willing to go back in that place, or if they yeah. move so far down the road and trying to get a new quarterback that they just go. Well, we can trade him because they have shopped his wares. I think they could trade him, too. Drake May goes number three to the Washington Commanders. Do you think that is a franchise-changing quarterback for Washington? Do you think that they could get back to the 70s and 80s where they were a real competitor? They haven't been. I guess, obviously, they won with Doug Williams. They won with Mark Rippon, so I don't want to take that away from them. But do you think, for the first time in my lifetime, I wasn't really around for Joe Theismann. Do you think for the first time in my lifetime, and I'm 46 years old, that Washington could actually draft a quarterback and have like a real quarterback, like, let's just say like Dak Prescott, like a dude that you're like, he's going to be the quarterback for Washington for the next 10 to 15 years. They've never had that in my lifetime. Um, Here's the tough part about it. Like just the, the basic numbers of drafting a quarterback um, high is you not like Drake May. I do. I think that he's a good quarterback. I do question, and I guess I maybe I'm feeling like I haven't watched him enough. I'm like, does he have the requisite mobility, and is he like kind of game breaker in the way where you're like, okay, he is definitely going to make this a franchise thing. But yeah. I think he's capable of being like a good quarterback for his rookie deal, and to the point where now you're like, okay, how good is he to keep him? But if you look at it, the last I don't know decades worth of quarterbacks, and I'm not going to run down the list, but there's a lot of guys that we were like, oh, this is a can't miss prospect. Yeah. But ultimately, you look up yeah. and you go, eh. If you had to make the choice today, is it easy to take Drake May over number four overall pick, Jaden Daniels? That's what they have him going right here. So they have one, three, and four being quarterbacks. I th- I think so. I think I take Drake May over Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels, like the high end, is good, but he also does some, I guess, what I typically call boneheaded things sometimes. And I wonder how that translates into just being like NFL quarterback, but. The highs, the highs are really high on Jane Daniels, um, and I think he, we would have seen that a lot better if the rest of the LSU team was better than what they were. Um, but I, I still think Drake May has been like uh, NFL caliber throwing thrower of the football for multiple seasons at this point in uh, at North Carolina. Okay, those are my football questions. Okay, now we're going to Mike likes it. Did I pass? Out. No, you did great. Like I just, yeah. it's it's really fun. Yeah. In your I try to give a few Cowboys things, especially try to start it off with a Cowboys thing. Obviously, you can rank C.D. Lamb however you'd like to to rank him. And then I want to throw in that Tampa thing because that looks like that's going to be your first round matchup. And they're starting to concern me with that. But as we get into Mike likes it right here, I was wondering, we were talking in the uh, break room a little bit as I got here at 9 a.m. about the Detroit Pistons. And I know this might not, you might have been like, what are we doing here? But (laughs) is it? 27 in a row? 27 in a row. It's an NBA record for I was a here. losing streak. I was a huge Maverick fan. The likes of Randy White and Doug Smith and Mike Isolino and Sean Rooks and Donald Hodge and Fart Schmo McGee. I mean, it was horrible. I don't remember them losing 27 in a row. I remember them being like an 11-win team, a 13-win team. I can't believe, Reggie, that a team that has – Talented players. I'm not saying that they have a team that should be 500, but they have a team that probably should have at this point won 10 games this year, about 10 games. 
I can't believe they can't win. And I don't know if they're ever going to win again. And I know that they will. <laughs> but I can't believe that it's gotten to this point where I'm like, maybe they just won't win. Maybe they'll be 2-80. and 80. I, it, it does feel like that for certain reasons, right? You look at the, the – you talked about it. There's a lot of talent. But I think one of the things you're starting to realize – and look, you don't need a ton of talent to win a game in the NBA. Things happen, right? There's 82 yeah. of these things. Injuries. Uh, rest nights, They have off a nights. tough city because nobody's going and partying in Detroit. Right. Nobody's crossing the crossing the border into Canada, getting having a tough night and then coming back. Yeah. And yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's some of those things. And then also, I wonder how Monty Williams. I don't want to question his bona fides because he showed he showed and looked like a very good coach when it came to too. You just hear like you don't hear a bad thing about the human being. So it always kind of fear bad things about a coach. Like uh, who cares? But like if they get fired, they get fired. Yeah. Fine, but like you're like, man, I don't want Monty. Just seems like a really great person, right? And he had a really good record with the Suns. But the things that come to mind is, remember when they were trying to hire him originally for that job? How he kept turning them down until they made the money to a place that was just undeniable that they couldn't fire him. Right, right. Now. and he was like, all right, fine. No, not just that. It's like it's. I wonder like what the commitment to the job is, and putting, oh. and then also maybe he knew that he was taking over a rebuilding team, and absolutely. when you do that, you're like, you're the coach to be cheap, rebuild, and then when we get good, we hire a good coach. Absolutely, and I, mean, some, I hate saying that, but right. that's how sports works. Well, I mean, at least I think he had built his profile with the Suns, but it seemed like they were like, we need you to come fix this, and he was like, not for not not for, unless it's enough money, you have to hit the yeah. number, and on top of that. I think also there might be a personal aspect of this, not for Monty himself, but for like the team. Cause I feel like I've seen Cade Cunningham, and of course, this is like me injecting my emotion from upon here. Dirk's his favorite player of all time. I'm a big Cade Cunningham guy. I've seen instances where it looks like he's like near crying after some of these losses. And I know that with Monty Williams, you had some of the like personal things that it didn't seem like he managed the human beings great in Obviously. Phoenix. DeAndre Hayden Hayden did not get along. And so I wonder if all those things come together and make it so that this is a really unfortunate mix for the Pistons and makes it tough for them to all get together and like pull a whole bunch of young guys because they don't have a lot of vets on this team. Are you hoping when you look at box scores or when you look at I'm I'm following the Detroit Pistons. This is really weird. And in a way, I want them to win because I know how bad this has to feel that they haven't won a game in no they didn't win a game in November because the big joke was the Rangers have won more games in November than the Pistons because it was 1 to 0. The Diamondbacks have a win uh uh in the last in the time since they've the won Pistons a game. won a game. Yeah. And I'm just it look, we're getting close. It's December 27th, happy birthday to my wife. Happy birthday, Sue. Is that we they could go two months straight without winning a game? Two months straight without winning a game where you it's not the NFL where you're playing once a week, you're playing three times a week, and they are about to go two straight months without winning a, a, an NBA basketball game. So, in a weird way, I do want them to be the worst. So, when I look, there's part of me that goes, If they win, I'll be like, oh, I feel good. Finally, those oh, guys you want the win. history of it. I want the history. I want them like, in a way, I, I'm like, I want them to get to 30 now, and and This is horrible to think this way, but I'm like, I want this to be like unbelievable. Like, could they lose 40 games in a row? You have an 82 game season. Could you go? Could you go 0 and 40 in a stretch? That would be amazing. It feels like at some point, just like pure luck has to factor in at some point. But you know what is also going to compound? A bunch of young guys that are feeling like losers 
Yeah. And like then you you've mentioned and I don't say that to like be a jerk. I mean le- legitimately, if you feel like that and you've talked about this sometimes, you go into a game and all it takes is, you know, one bad stretch of basketball and you go, "Oh, we're losing tonight." Yeah, it happened. It's here we go. Right. And so I wonder They're if humans cuz they they put a good run on the Brooklyn Nets last night and then just it fell apart at the very end. So no, I'm Oof. I, 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 I'm I kind of with you, just the because I, I still remember yeah. the uh, the Bobcats, the Charlotte Bobcats that were terrible and put up an awful record. And, you know, it, it is something to be like, I remember when we're the out of Pistons time and lost a whole bunch do of games. It, but it would be great if in some way the, Rang- the Rangers, the Mavericks could, like, put it together a package and get Duran, their center. And Can then Cade catch? A, a set, well, I'd love to get. How does he call a game? Cade? Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, oh, for, for Rangers. That's right. But, like, if you could get Jalen Duran. And you have a combination of Lively and Duran as your big guys. That would solve a lot of things for the next ten years. That'd be interesting. Maybe I don't. I don't think that they're going to trade their twenty-year-old center who's averaging twelve and eleven. Okay. Well, we could talk about that a little bit. As mo- three, three different people just texted in, can the Mavs trade for Cade Cunningham? Uh, I'd, I, love, I'd, I'd love that too. Well, we're we, out of time. We can maybe t- discuss that a little bit. Is that, that that was Mike likes it? We also got some Mike asks all the questions in the expressway here on KNC Masterpiece on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, let's talk more about your Mavericks as we talk about Grant Williams, Josh Green, Derek Jones Jr., Dante Exum. What's happening in this Mavs ring wing room and who's disappointed and who's lived up or surpassed expectations? We do it next on the fan. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly 